from India's largest newsroom I'm Arun George and this is the Times of India podcast It's said that the country is experiencing higher temperatures that arrive earlier and stay far longer. Abnormally high temperatures are forcing communities to deal with the fallout. Amid unusual hot February, the Med Department has issued an alert for heat wave, predicting heat waves in several parts of the country between March and May. The month that passed was one of the hottest Februarys ever recorded. and it's just a precursor to a very hot summer that's coming our way and in many places is already here there are headlines about the possible damage to wheat and other crops that rely on a slightly cooler period before being harvested we also have to worry about how we are going to live and work through one of the many hot summers that are coming our way professor rajshree kotharkar who works at the vishveshwaraya national institute of technology in nagpur has been studying the effect of heat in our cities for years now She and her colleagues have mapped how cities heat up and how they cool or fail to. She explains what we seem to be in for in the coming years. You can have dry heat waves and you can also have heat waves where on a coastal regions where you have humidity as one of the parameter. And when we say heat it's essentially you link it with our comfort. When the humans start feeling discomfort that's the time you would start addressing to heat uh that's when it becomes a point of discussion basically so it can dry heat can also be an issue where the temperatures are very high or uh, even the the temperature might not be as high as 40 45 but if the humidity is very high then also there is a huge amount of discomfort for all of us that can also lead to health related issues we are also experiencing higher temperature not just during the day one of the major observation that has been that even the nights are becoming warmer so there is no respite in the sense previously at least the nights used to be little cooler so there are some respite once the sun starts setting you know but now it's like throughout the day of 24 by 7 you have this warm environment In previous episodes we've discussed this aspect of the heat. Days touch higher temperatures and at night the minimum temperature is too high for the human body to cool. Experts have pointed to the fact that we don't even accurately know how many people are affected or killed by the heat. In today's episode we're talking with Professor Rajshree Kotharkar about why our cities get so hot and what we can do to deal with the rising temperatures. This year in preparation for the summer multiple states have adopted heat action plans. Heat action plans involve things like making drinking water available on roads and even cooling stations where people exposed to the heat can take shelter. It also involves emergency plans for heat related ailments. Professor Rajshree and her colleagues have studied heat action plans across the world and she explains how this scheme which started in Ahmedabad is now set to go national. Professor Rajshree also explains why she and other experts are working on a more long term plan for dealing with heat. So the first thing is uh, accepting that heat is a concern and preparing a heat action plan. Second is then you start preparing it. So Ahmedabad was the first city in India to prepare a heat action plan, and Nagpur was the second. 
it so happened that that all the cities that started making or preparing development um, heat action plans they started following so you kind of follow whatever is existing right so then post that uh, ndma has been on the forefront to take heat as to as a one of the major concern and how to deal with it what we realized that why not have a kind of a model or a kind of a framework for a heat action plan to which provides a kind of a template to cities to go ahead and that's the work that we are doing currently so currently the kind of heat action plans that we have in india are essentially focusing on short term the project that we are doing and a kind of a draft is already ready it has already been reviewed then that can be deployed pan india where it talks about short term medium term long term professor rajshree says that our understanding of how cities heat up has changed as she said not all parts of the city heat up the same way because the kinds of structures that are built differ from area to area so an area that has more slums may heat up differently from a business district that has more glass fronted buildings which in turn may differ from a planned colony which has more open spaces when you start looking at cities previously people thought that there is this if you look at it if you try to understand the urban heat island effect it was always understood in terms of the difference between the temperature in the city and temperature in the countryside whereas uh, if you start studying it further you realize that within the city there are pockets there is a difference in the temperature and so we use that spatial framework to understand urban heat island also to understand heat stresses we went ahead and tried to propose that within the city you will have different regions where even if you build a similar kind of building your energy consumption might vary by to a tune of 20% so that is the impact of a microclimate has on the building ma'am you've studied uh, urban areas and the effects on heat on them um like you mentioned some areas will see spikes in energy consumption because of the heat could you talk about what areas are most affected by heat when we hit a sort of peak summer or even these heat waves there are certain parameters that have an impact on the temperature pattern or heat stress stress pattern so some of them are like uh, how closely the buildings are built how dense the building buildings are placed secondly how much how much mass is there in the sense vertical as well as the density thirdly uh, i would say that what kind of vegetation do we have how much sky this uh, the street is able to see these are some of the parameters that have an impact and you will see that throughout the city you see a varying kind of development now their response differs during the night and the during and the day so during the day the ones that are little sparser they get heated up because the solar radiation can penetrate into almost on all surfaces whereas and the dense ones are cooler because because of the density the solar radiation doesn't penetrate into the uh, spaces between the buildings whereas in the nights the denser areas remain warmer because the heat is trapped between the buildings and the ones that are not so dense they are the ones that cool down much easier 
but what currently what we are trying to do is trying to develop a model wherein you can optimize on this and see uh, what kind of combinations lead to what kind of heat stresses so if if one is able to develop that that can be a great tool for uh, a development agency or a local agency while they are formulating the development control rules and other things one would know that okay if it if it is going to be increasing like this this might be the impact of that and beforehand you can start mitigation instead of waiting for it to get heated up Professor Rajshi says that one of the big challenges for authorities is that Indian cities have different kind of constructions in each area. Slums and buildings often coexist in close proximity. She says an Indian plan to deal with the heat would also need to give people information about how the heat is affecting them in order to motivate them to work towards solutions. So there will have to be efforts at the city level first by the city authorities. and then when this issue gets addressed properly or it gets some kind of a voice people will also realize that i mean if tomorrow people get to know that this kind of development is leading to increase in my energy consumption i mean the moment you realize that it leads to an economic loss you become a part of a solution you want to solve those problems and that's where we wish to go what are the ways in which they can do that which is at an individual level also like you're saying so the response could be at different levels uh, one could be at an individual level in the sense putting either cool roof green roof those kind of mitigation measures that are possible at the building level uh, at the building level also you can think of planting trees at a neighborhood level or an area level you can think of the kind of plantation that you want in that particular area there will be a res- the de- res- response phase will depend on whether it's existing or what you are planning for and at the city level also one can then talk about the green and the blue infrastructure which is already existing and improving upon it enforcing it and identifying areas that have these concerns and taking mitigation measures that are appropriate for that kind of development in the sense if there are very dense areas you can't ask people to plant trees there it's not possible so then you can go for cool roof green roof kind of a policy cool pavement kind of a policy it can't be one medicine for all kind of problems so one will have to see what kind of what are the areas that have a problem and some kind of handholding between the local agency the people who are experts and the citizens that i think will be the way we can can move ahead in developing or planning cooler cities professor rajshri says there are multiple efforts underway in the government to identify and help people most at risk from heat she says for any meaningful changes in our cities there are no quick fixes but isn't a long term solution perhaps a decade too late given we already have predictions for far more intense summers one will have to kind of do everything simultaneously try and respond every summer so that there are no issues associated with extreme heat at the same time start working towards the long term because it anyways will take time you can't start planting trees today and have a full grown tree tomorrow but even if we start today and uh, work on all the fronts in the sense short term 
medium term as well as long term then i think in another 10 years down the line we will have a much better future than what we have today professor rachi says there will be no simple solutions what works to reduce the heat in rajasthan homes may not work as well in a town in tamil nadu she says we need to consider a mix of technology and traditional knowledge to come up with solutions that work for us areas like rajasthan or say even vidarbha knows how to deal with heat they make lifestyle changes historically people used to make modifications in their houses also i mean the way you use your own house in summer and in winter used to be very different the issue here is the response will have to be on all fronts i mean all solutions might not come from traditional knowledge or all solutions might not come from modern technology it will always have to be a combination and trying to understand what is an appropriate solution for a particular situation if you want to solve problems of the metros you cannot go for a traditional uh, technique all the time you will have to understand the uh, problems and try to solve them in an appropriate way but if there are smaller towns and villages then i think we should rely more on the kind of a traditional uh, approaches that we have had i won't say that there's one package deal which can be you know transported from this place to that many regions like you said will face temperatures and don't have the devices to deal with it and uh, a person who's working in the street may not have access to a lot of things that a person say sitting in an office or an air conditioned house will uh, what would need to be done to ensure that people can live and work in more sustainable sort of workplaces and homes that's where the vulnerability comes into the picture one component of vulnerability mapping is the physical component that means in cities you identify which areas are vulnerable so which will depend on areas that have very very high exposure at the same time you have these slums where you know that the adaptive capacity is not much second is that people who are vulnerable because of their occupation also if someone who's is an who works in an informal sector or is a vendor and is exposed during his working hours has lot of exposure to heat that also needs to be seen so the the heat action plan takes care of both these things so it has a different approach when it is talking about slums tries to make these uh, buildings or these residences cooler takes effort there there are cooling centers also that are created by the local agency where people can go and take shelter and for these uh, the vendors what we observed we had a project funded by american red cross where what we observed is if you have to deal with the vulnerable population especially people who work in vulnerable areas first and foremost thing is you must see whether they perceive heat as a risk so many times we realize that people don't are not perceiving heat as a risk because historically this has been a region where where extreme heat people are exposed to heat now so they always say ki hamare dada bhi to isi mein rehte the par dada bhi rehte the kya fark padta hai but fark padta hai the reason is your health is getting affected your uh, income is getting affected you have a very high expenditure because you have to respond to heat once you make them aware that this is a this is something that is an impact of heat on you 
once there they start perceiving that as, as a risk then the efforts that are taken by local agency also are fruitful because then i am willing to be a part of that whole effort this is also something that we are trying to incorporate in heat action plan that make people aware that it is a risk and then these efforts that the government takes that will also help them they also take lot of efforts those who perceive it as a risk they individually they make lot lot of lifestyle changes you've now looked at this issue for years um mm-hmm. what for you are the most worrying aspects about this sort of changes that we're seeing which are now getting more and more rapid in a way since i'm an urban planner i'm looking at it in a very holistic and a long term perspective one major concern that i have is that uh, while planning our cities we are focusing more about on you know on the economics of development not on the environment or the ecology of development second is we are not we are treating water and heat as independent issues whereas they are integrated because water is a solution for heat whereas when you have a problem of heat water is scarce when we are looking at water we are looking at water as a commodity while planning the cities also it's a demand supply kind of an uh, approach whereas water is a resource and cities should learn to reinforce their own resources at the same time when they are being planned they must optimize this resource that is the most important aspect of city planning which is missing currently we should plan cities which cent- which are centered around planning for heat and water once we start doing that i think a lot of issues will be resolved because once we start doing that we'll take care of the vegetation we'll take care of our water bodies and not look at them as a place where you can you know start development sometime and more have a more ecological or environmental approach to city planning there's no point having a great building in place if we are not going to have water in that particular city there will not be any land value to that if the city is going to go through this kind of extreme heat and not have a means to respond to it then also it's going to be a major issue so that has to be taken on a i would say on an emergency level Professor Rajshri says that we need to start prioritizing a change in how our cities and towns develop, especially the towns that are still developing. We also have scales of cities. That means you have metros, you have tier two cities, you have smaller towns. All of them need to have an independent approach. You cannot use the same approach. Currently, our towns are also, you know, following the same model that you. They look at the tier two cities and you start developing them. and they don't have the required resources in terms of taxes or other things so smaller towns also start facing problems of water shortages and all those things so that also needs to be taken care of because another few years and they will also be in in problems and since the number is small with they, they don't get noticed also i mean if you have a small town where you know 40000 population lives 50000 population lives it doesn't even get noticed so so you should have different model for their development do we have that because it, it, this sounds very almost utopian i mean yeah i understand that it sounds utopian and but there's no harm in 
if you start being just realistic there is no point discussing it also i mean the whole job is to see what is it going to be like 10 years down the line 20 years down the line and try to understand and make mends today that's what because it sounds like a fundamental change in how we view cities towns development itself in some ways right i think there is a need to do that in the sense you can't have a city developed very well with great good streets good buildings but not having water i mean it's a basic thing so i mean everybody loves to cut trees when they are building buildings and starting from march to june you see everybody tries to search for a tree to park a vehicle so finally it boils down to that so any amount of development if it is going to have only one dimension of only economics it is not going to help economics is one of the most important aspect but it will have to go hand in hand with ecology and environment unless they go together we will keep having these problems today's episode was produced by jairaj singh sunai marathe and anuja singh for a daily spotlight on people ideas and stories that matter subscribe to us we're available on ty plus spotify apple google podcasts and all other platforms of your choice for any news tips email us at tuipodcast@timesinternet.in